Hello, everyone. My name is Andrew. Hey, guys. I'm Suzanne. And this is the QLips English Podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome back to QLips. You are listening to Simplified Speech. Simplified Speech is the QLips series that features clear, natural, and easy to understand English conversations about interesting topics. And today I'm joined by my co host, Suzanne. Hey there, Suzanne. Hey, Andrew. Hey, guys. How are you? I'm good, Suzanne. And we have a very interesting topic today, actually.、Uh, kind of unique topic, maybe something that we haven't covered on Cubes before. And honestly, something that maybe some of our listeners haven't even really heard about before. I guess, depending on where you're from, This may or may not be、uh, something that exists in our listeners' countries. So, without further ado, Suzanne, could you tell us our topic for today? Yes, this is all about communicating with animals, or more specifically, a little story about my meeting with an animal communicator, someone who communicates with animals. All right. Very good. So I'm sure this will be a fascinating conversation. But before we get into it, I do want to let all of our listeners know that there is a study guide for this episode. So, everyone, if you want to follow along with our study guide, which we highly recommend that you do, you can visit our website, culips.com, sign up, and become a culips member. And then you'll be able to access it. We have A PDF version, which you can download to your computer and print out if you'd like to. And we also have a mobile friendly version that looks great on your smartphone or your tablet as well. And in the study guide, there's a transcript, detailed vocabulary explanations of some of the important expressions you'll hear Suzanne and I use, and so much more. There's tons of good stuff in the study guide. So, to check it out, once again, just visit culips.com. All right, Suzanne, let's get into it. I am dying to know this story about how you and an animal communicator communicated with your dog, Skoshi. This is going to be an interesting story, I think. So, Suzanne, how about we start first with breaking down exactly what we mean when we talk about animal communicator? Because, you know, I have a dog, Pinky, and I communicate with him, kind of. He's deaf, so he doesn't really hear me <laughs> that way. But, you know, if I kind of wave my hand at him in his direction, he'll look at me and, and come over. So that's kind of communicating, I think. But, What do you mean exactly when you say animal communicator? Well, absolutely. And we communicate all the time with our animals. We hope so, anyway, with food, right? With treats, with、mm -hmm. our words, our tone, with gestures. But in this case, the animal communicator, who is also my friend, Kelly, uses. Intuition and also extra linguistic skills, meaning 
not using speech or gesture, but tuning into the animal in a meditative way using intuition. So I don't really know the procedure or the process that one uses, but I do know that it helps you to get to know your animal and the needs and wants of your animal, which is so fascinating. And I can tell you kind of how I found this animal communicator and why I contacted her and the results. Was she right? Was what she said correct about my animal? So, yeah. Okay. So then just to recap, an animal communicator is a person who communicates with animals on a different level than a regular person would on an intuitive level. So Suzanne, this almost reminds me of like a psychic who is somebody that has a kind of heightened spiritual power and can see into the future or can communicate with the dead, this kind of person. Right, or angels or, yes, exactly, someone who has like a sixth sense in a way. So Suzanne, I have to say that I am a little bit skeptical when it comes to this kind of thing, but I'm going to have an open mind here and enjoy hearing this story. So let's start then about how you heard about the animal communicator, how you learned about this person. Could you tell us the start, the origin of this story? Totally. So there's kind of two origins. I heard about her through people in my yoga community because I teach yoga and, you know, I practice with this community online and, you know, go to lectures and things. And a friend of mine had mentioned that she rescued a new kitten or new cat, I should say. She's an adult cat from a shelter because of COVID. I think some people who passed during COVID and had pets, their pets got displaced and they maybe were sent to shelters. So a friend of mine adopted a cat from one of these shelters that was in this circumstance. And the cat was very afraid and not really friendly and not wanting to be touched and not really eating the food and things like that. And she told me that she turned to a friend of ours in the yoga community who communicates with animals and asked her what she can do for the cat. Mm. And the communicator told her many interesting things and she started to do it. My friends started to change some of the patterns. For example, one of the things she said to do, the communicator told my friend to do, was to put a bed, a cat bed, pet uh -huh. bed, in the room where she does her meditation, right next to her. Mm. And eventually the cat will come, but don't force her. And it worked. After like two weeks, or about a week and a half, the cat started to come during her meditation, 
and sit next to her. And eventually, after meditation, she would allow her to pet her just a little bit. And she started to appreciate this pattern, this kind of structure in her in the day, the cat. Mm-hmm. And it was really quite remarkable. Like my friend had the cat for maybe a month and nothing. It was very difficult. And then just after doing this for a week, week and a half, suddenly the cat was more affectionate and trusting of my friend. So I was really impressed. I was like, wow, that's interesting. That's cool. But I was also skeptical because I just never heard anything like this before. So anyway, I just filed it away in my kind of, you know, interesting stories file in my head. (laughs) Okay. And then we went away for about two weeks to a chalet in the eastern townships here in Quebec. And it was really nice. We were by a lake. And we went on a hike, and it was a long hike, and it was muddy. It had just rained. And randomly, out of nowhere, we heard Scotchy make a, like a, like the kind of sound that a dog makes when you step on its foot or on its tail. Mm. Like a whelp, I would say. Okay. He whelped. And we kind of gave him this weird look because no one was around him. He was by himself. No one stepped on his foot. No one stepped on his tail. So it was weird that he made this noise. Yeah, just randomly out of nowhere. Yeah. So we just kept walking. But at the end of the hike, he would pause and look at us. And we would say, allez, allez, meaning in French, let's go. Let's go. Come on. Let's go. Allez, on y va. Right. Because you speak to your dog in French, right? He's a French speaking dog, francophone dog. <laughs> yeah, he's he's bilingual, I would say. He speaks both. He's food lingual, let's say. Okay. He speaks mostly food. Whatever <laughs> language you're speaking, if you have food, he speaks that language. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so... Anyway, we didn't know what was going on. It was very strange behavior. So finally, we just kind of got over with this. You know, we finished this hike. We let it go. We got in the car, whatever. The next day, we go on another hike, but smaller, and he's still doing it. He's pausing. Two steps, pausing. Two steps, pausing. We're like, what's happening? You love to go on hikes. This is so weird. Mm -hmm. So we kind of finished that hike early. We went back to the car. Okay, we figured he needs rest. Few days later, after a good rest, we go on another hike. Same thing. We start the hike. We're not even like 500 meters into the hike. Mm. And it's a 16-kilometer hike. So we're like, uh, this is weird. Yeah. This can't happen for 16 kilometers. And he was doing it again. So I decided, well, when we get back, I'm definitely going to take him to the vet. But something feels like he's trying to tell me something, but I don't know what it is because he doesn't speak. Right. (laughs) So... 
I decided to contact this animal communicator, this friend of a friend. And I set up a session where I got to ask her five questions. And one of the questions was, what happened Mm. on the hike when he made that weird sound? I actually didn't even tell her that he made a weird sound. I just said that he's stopping in his walk. What happened? So Suzanne, let me just interrupt you here for a moment because I have a question. Yeah. So you're out with Scoshi and suddenly you hear him whelp and you look back and he just randomly made this noise and from that moment on wasn't walking as smoothly as he usually does, stopping and pausing every couple of steps. Now, were you sure that he didn't injure himself somehow, maybe twist an ankle while in the forest? Like, did he seem to be okay other than that? He seemed to be okay, but we thought it was his back legs, like his back hips, you know, because sometimes retriever dogs can have hip issues. So we really thought it was It really was the hip. And we kept observing the back legs. And actually, he was between us when he did the whelp. And we were stopped. That's what was so strange. Hmm. It was very strange. Actually, you're going to be funnily surprised when I tell you what she said. Because she said he did twist his front right paw, his front right wrist. So you were pretty sure that he didn't injure himself. It was confusing to us what had exactly happened because he wasn't in movement when he whelped. He was just standing there. Mm, Gotcha. Okay. So then you set up this appointment to talk with the animal communicator and to see what was going on with Skoshi. And during the appointment, you're allowed to ask five questions. Is that correct? Actually, no. So actually, when you schedule the appointment, you ask the five questions. There's a space for you to ask the five questions. And the session is only a half hour because the other half hour is her time with your dog. Mm, Okay. Separate from you. So you send a picture of your dog and the name of your dog along with your questions And she communicates with him before your session. Okay. So when you're kind of making the appointments, this is when you ask the questions and you provide the information. She does her thing communicating with the pet. And then after you have a kind of debriefing and she explains what happens. Exactly. Okay. Got it. She goes question by question, and then you're able to ask follow-up questions. She's like, absolutely, if you you know want to ask follow-up questions after I tell you what he said, please do. So what were the five questions that you asked to Skoshi through the communicator? <laughs> so the first thing was kind of like, what happened? Okay, what happened on that hike? Two, is it your back legs. Where are you feeling pain? And what do you need us to do? Like, are you hurt in some way? I think we asked, is it an emotional thing? Is it a physical thing? What is the physical issue? And what do you need us to do? Kind of. Okay. That was like a group of questions. (laughs) Okay. 
I believe we also asked about um, because we had just bought him a new harness and leash. And so we wanted to know if that was something he liked or was that the issue? Was that mm. part of the issue? Okay. One of our questions was separate from the injury. It was about how he feels around kids because sometimes he seems nervous or afraid. So that was one of our questions. And I honestly don't remember the other ones. I would have to look it up. I'm so sorry. I totally <laughs> like blanked. And I think they were mostly about that incident. Okay. So she asked him all of these questions and actually wound up asking him more than those questions. She also asked him if he likes his bed, if he likes his food. So we found out that it wasn't his back legs, that it was a physical thing, and it was that he twisted his right front leg or paw. Hmm. She asked him if he sprained his, like, ankle, kind of. Okay. And he didn't know what sprained was, so she asked, like, did you twist it? And he's like, yes, that's what I did. I twisted it. And she asked him how, and apparently, because it was so muddy, he stepped somewhere that he thought was solid, but it wasn't. And he sunk in, and there was a rock, and it, like, twisted underneath. It rolled underneath his paw, mm. and it twisted his arm or his his paw and his ankle area. Okay. So that's what happened. He also said it would not show up on an x-ray, but he does want to go to the vet to get it looked at, even though he didn't seem like he wanted to go to the vet when I took him there. <laughs> <laughs> but he also said that he would like some kind of medication or something to help with the pain while it heals. Okay. So she led me to a kind of natural pain reliever for pets. I think it's from a brand called Pet Wellbeing. Anyway, you can order it online. It's helpful for their, like if they're having discomfort, if your pet has discomfort, it sort of is like an taking an Advil, but for pets. Kind of like pet Tylenol. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. He said he likes his food. She asked him, she said that he said that he likes his new food, but that we made the transition to the new food too fast. And we all giggled because it's true. That was totally true. That's something she would not have known. So we did make the transition too fast for him. Um, and we knew that. So uh, that was our mistake. And he asked, why? Why did you change the food? And we told him, because of your teeth. It's for to help your, your teeth get cleaner. So mm. it's an anti-plaque food. Gotcha. The dental health food. Anyway, so she also said that he wants a new bed, that he doesn't like his current bed and he doesn't sleep in it very much. And we said, 
Yeah, it's true. He doesn't. <laughs> and she said that he wanted a round bed and a specific bed. And he led her to this bed online. And she sent me the links for this bed. Mm. And he even told her the colors that he wanted and why. Wow. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> this is a long story about the bed. I don't need to go into the whole thing. The important thing that you need to know is that he's obsessed now with his bed. He loves to go in it. It was a little expensive, but he now sleeps there all the time. It's his favorite place. So that's pretty interesting, hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, huh. And she also told us, last thing I'll say, mm -hmm. or I have two more things, quick things. First, that Skoshi really needed his harness to be looser, apparently. Oh, and also his food to be raised. But the main thing that the communicator told us that really warmed our hearts was that he love, love, loves us. He said it three times, she said, <laughs> that he love, love, loves us and really loves his life with us and that, yeah, he's really, really happy. So that's great. Well, that's good, Suzanne, because in the back of my mind, I was kind of thinking, oh, wow, Scotia sure is a demanding, high-maintenance dog. Like, he didn't like his food and he wanted a new bed. But then you got to hear that he loves you and loves living with you. So that's fantastic that you got to connect with Skoshi on a deeper level like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's worth it. So, yeah. Yeah. So that was a fascinating story, Suzanne. And like we mentioned at the top of the episode, depending on where our listeners are living in the world, you know, this could be a part of their culture or it could be something totally new. To be honest, it sounds to me kind of like a North American cultural thing. And maybe in some areas of the world, this kind of animal communicator job or this kind of person doesn't really exist. But I might be totally wrong about that. So listeners, if you have a story to share or an experience that you could tell us about from your country of a person who can communicate with animals on this kind of deep spiritual level, then we would love it if you could send us an email and share your story with us. Our email address is contact at qlips.com and we would love to hear from you. Oh, and I have some great pictures of Skoshi enjoying and loving his new bed. So I'll share those with you guys with this episode so you can see just how much he loves his new bed. Perfect. So listeners, please check out the Culips Instagram so you can find those pictures. So everyone, that's going to bring us to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you found this episode to be educational. Now, if you like listening to Culips and you find us very helpful for growing your English language skills, then we would really appreciate it 
if you could support us. And there are several ways that you can do that. The best way is to sign up and become a QLips member on our website, QLips.com. But that's not the only way. You could also follow us on social media. Like we just said, we're on Instagram. We're also on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter as well. You could tell your friends who are learning English to check out QLips. Or you could leave us a five-star rating and a nice review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. So that's it for now, but we'll be back soon with another brand new QLips episode, and we'll talk to you then. Goodbye, everyone. Bye, guys. <laughs>